welcome to Rich in Life, a podcast for anyone looking to be entertained while picking up a few tips on life, luxury, and resilience. And now your host, Rich Irani. Hi, I'm Rich Irani, and you're listening to Rich in Life. Today, we've got Vinny Potestivo, my producer. I've got Brad Carney, my husband, my partner here, with and my co-producer for Rich in Life. We're going to talk about the obsession with podcasts. So many celebrities have moved on from movies and television shows to doing podcasts. What's the obsession with it? Why do people like listening to them? And how do you make a podcast? We're going to also talk to Vinny how he got started. I mean, he is a professional. He started at 18 years old in the entertainment business and worked with people like Jessica Simpson, Mandy Moore, Kelly Ripa, just to name a few. I mean, he's worked with so many people. Every time we bring up any name, Vinny seems to know exactly who they are and has their number at hand. It doesn't do me any good, but you know, hopefully one day it will. So uh, stay tuned for Rich in Life, and here we are. Welcome to Rich in Life. I'm Rich Arani. I've got with me Vinny Potisivo, and I've got Brad Carney. Uh, Vinny is my producer and friend for many years. And Brad, I just met. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Brad is my <laughs> husband. We've been together for a long time, and we're now working together. So, you know, he is very lucky. It's like he won the lottery twice. <laughs> so I want to talk about podcasts, obviously. And, but I want you to know so you that mean, like, Vinny, let's get started. Let's get started. But Vinny is, uh, you know, you know, I'm not just talking to anybody, you know, Vinny is a person that has a background. He's worked with MTV. He's been in the entertainment industry for a very long time. So he's somebody that could really, you know, answer some questions and has knowledge about it. So if you think about wanting to have a podcast or, you know, wanting to do any kind of a show, a talk show, this might be something good for you to listen to. So call him, don't call you. Yeah, call him, don't call me, and make sure- <laughs> Just keep listening. Don't get, take him away from my time because I need <laughs> no, him working no. on my stuff. So when he doesn't answer me, I know it's because of you. <laughs> I'll never let go, Rich. I'll never let go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I know you work for MTV. I know you know so many celebrities because every time we bring somebody up, you're like, I know them. You casually like, I know them. And you start looking into your phone for their phone number, for this, for that. In any case, what other, what else is your background? How, how did you prepare for this kind of career? Well, just tell us about yourself. Yeah, I didn't know that I wanted to get into casting and I didn't know that I would ever end up working in television, but I, I knew that I loved the art of navigating through the audition process. So when an opportunity presented itself or like when, when I made the opportunity to present itself actually, in like 98, I think my, my, the first semester of my, my senior year in college. And I realized that I had an opportunity to work with some people at MTV and at Fox news and, and could start bringing people along my classmates, my, my, my friends, my family, my church, my block, my, the people, I, you know, I didn't know anyone in the entertainment industry, but I knew people in my world. And I didn't realize that as like a, you know, soon to have a casting career, how important it is to not just like know people, but to be able to meet people. And and for me, I think that that's, that's what I think. <laughs> Coming from a large Italian family where I don't even know who's my cousin, I was just told, kiss everyone, hello, kiss everyone, goodbye. All right, but first I got to meet them and figure out who's Who's Annie? Who's Anne, Anne's Annie and Joe's Jojo and Sal's Joe are you know in my family? So I I think I think that my ability to just 
you know, I kind of would say that in high school I had, uh, I was not in any one big group, but I was the guy who had lots of little groups. And I don't know, I think that in a lot of ways that helped me sort of get to what I got to do at MTV, which was create um, programming and find uh, celebrities and bring in personalities. And I mean, when I say personality, like real people who could present as themselves, who had opinions that were fact-based opinions and were informing the audience and what was happening in pop culture or, or was informing the pop culture audience what was happening in, in current events. Um, but how did you get the job at MTV? Did you go to school? Did you go to school to prepare for the entertainment? Yeah, actually, technically, I, I'm an arts admin uh, graduate from Wagner College. So my I have a business degree in theatrical arts. So, I mean, it makes sense that I, I landed on the business side of, of showbiz. My focus in college was computer programming and with arts admin, it's either economics or business. So I liked, I liked economics piece of it. So understanding how to jump from group to group, how to understand the, the economy of micro groups and how, how social and ego, you know, really, um, drive a lot of the want to be in television. So being, I guess, being aware of that, it made me more mindful to find people that, you know, were, had stronger purposes or, or, or were kinder or more, were more the underdog, but there's nothing that I think I did that, oh, well, I guess I could answer the question this way. I started working at Staten Island Community Access TV when I was 15. I was an unpaid intern and then I was, it was my first job in TV. I have a, I have a, a membership card. And then when I was 18, I started working at Fox news 20. I started working at, um, MTV and I stayed there for 10 years and have been okay. in media. Since. I knew so I, I could have given you that answer. Okay. One way or another, I knew I was getting it out of you. I didn't know how long it would take, but I got to get over my own story, man. Sorry. I'm going <laughs> to no, move my story along okay. a lot quicker. I, I love this story. It's great. So question. So when you, you, so you worked at Fox news before you went to MTV, correct? Yeah. On Hannity and Combs. Okay. Did you get paid for that? Or that was an intern? Yeah. Oh, you yeah, got, got paid. paid for that. Oh, that's yeah, great. I was an audience producer. It was my job to go through the audience and pick people to ask questions. Um, to did you like Sean? Um, yeah, I loved, I, I thought both guys were great. I had a great experience on Who that was show. the other guy. I, you said Sean Hannity. Oh, and Combs and Col yeah. But my experience, I mean, when I say I was, I guess I should not say I was an audience producer. I should say I was like an associate audience producer, but I traveled to like all over the country picking, you know, questions. And really my barometer was if I thought that your, your question appealed to everyone in the room. And if I didn't feel like it belittled in any way, you know, um, the, the, the audience or the person who'd be answering it, I was like, well, then that sounds like a good question you should answer. It wow, was a very a empathetic approach. That's to, a very um, big job for an 18 year old to filter the questions. Okay. My and it was my first, my first, the first time I could ever vote myself too, you know? So that, like, that was, um, that was, uh, McCain and, yes, uh, it was McCain and who I forgot. And it one. was, uh, and who was Obama. Obama? No, no, no. I'm not that. So who was it? I forgot. Oh, Maron. I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. We'll cut this part out. <laughs> anyway, so listen, <laughs> let's fast forward now to MTV. Yes. You got the job during MTV. Did you apply for a job there in what capacity? How do, like, what, what did you send the resume for? You were 20 years old at that point. So, um, yeah, no, so you weren't uh, in college, by the way, you didn't go to college. You finished. College. I was in college. Had you I was finished in college. college at 20 years old. 
So I was in college and I was in Times Square my senior year, um, first semester of college. Like, so this is say September, September, October. And I started like just looking for other, I had, I had already on campus started my casting company. So I'd already taken out an ad and backstage and launched my casting company while I was at school. And I kind of got in a little bit of trouble for that. On November 8th, 1998 is the day that I was picked off uh, the street by Ananda who was an MTV VJ. She asked me to ask a question to Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey. My question was, what was it like recording the Prince of Egypt soundtrack? And then a casting director um, who was there asked me if I knew anyone else who would want to come to a taping tomorrow um, of a very Busta Christmas special. And I was like, yeah, I go to Wagner College. Like I know a lot of people who would show up for something like that. And then it was, do you know anyone who could be on Say What Karaoke? And I'm like, yeah, I only know theater majors. And like, I'm so tapped into the, I love the, bro I thought I wanted to work on Broadway. I thought I was going to definitely be in theater and entertainment and um, theatrical entertainment. So I'm very obsessed with like artistic talent. I've as a casting director, love that I got to start my career focusing on artistic talent and um, ultimately shifted to like what I would call personal talent, unique talent. Like I've, I'm, uh, I've got some artistic capabilities, but I've got more unique, I've got more unique talent than artistic talent. But but my unique talent amplifies my artistic talent. You know, I'm like I'm not really a, I'm like a, I'm, I would fall into the performer category not a dancer or a singer or an actor. Well, it's weird because I know that you don't really like um, talking on camera. You have your own podcast called I Have a Podcast. And I know you don't like doing your, you, you, don't, you don't like being the in the forefront, right? You don't like being in the spotlight. But however you started, which I want to get to because the podcasts seem to be all the rage. But before I move on to that, what popular shows did you work on when you were at MTV? Because I think you oh, yeah. were there during the height of its career, right? During the height of its time. I, there was a lot of eyeballs on MTV because there was yeah. a lot less screens back in the day, but, right. um, yeah, I got to, we launched, um, the Osbournes at newlyweds, uh, punked the Ashley Simpson show. I cast TRL and all of MTV. Wow. News. So did you ever work with Jessica Simpson or meet Very her closely? You yeah. did. Is she nice? Yeah. Jess is great. Jess is very, what you saw on newlyweds was Jess. Jess was um uncomplicated in, in a very complicated way very uncomplicated in the simplest way very very simple and um, you know and, o overtly honest to the point where you didn't we didn't believe that someone can just be that real and i think that that's what newlywed showed us was that she no longer had to pretend to be christina and she no longer had to pretend to be Brittany, and she she no longer to, to carve her own path, how to create an image that she could be compared to. And there was no image like her that there's Paris Hilton images, Anna Nicole Smith images, you know, like I, we can go on about like the imagery of, of certain, you know, uh, characters that were out there, but, um, she really carved, she really created her own image that, um, she could then, and then what she did is she, then she booked Dukes of Hazard, and she's like, "Look at that image! You think, right. look how hard it, I can you know, starve myself professionally to achieve this, but I'm going straight back to those boots and, and those cutoffs in like a month." <laughs> did you ever think in a million years? Which, by the way, I never really liked that look until I saw her wearing it, and then I was like, "Oh, that's good." But I guess you know, put it on anyone that cute, yeah. and of course, it's going to be great. Um, and she's ever, a button. She's like five foot two. two she's like a tiny. I know button. she's tiny. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever think 
she would become the huge success she is now, businesswoman. I mean, she's a very successful businesswoman. You know, you're, you're, yes, but she had a lot more control over her career than Christina did of hers or Britney did of hers. And you're seeing what happened right now in pop. We're seeing uh, framing Britney. Yeah, you know, just that just came out from the, with the New York Times presents, and we're we're sort of seeing the ramifications of these people who didn't have control of their career. I also worked really, really closely hand in hand with Mandy Moore, who was the youngest of the four, and you know, she too was compared to Britney as not as strong a dancer, and to Christina as not as strong, you know, a singer. Mandy's strength was her unique talent to just be present. And, and you and worked with Mandy, didn't you work with Mandy as well? Yeah, really closely. Um, what did you her work with her on? Everything. Everything. <laughs> From like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that woman so much. I can't, and you're still she's in literally like right it's now. Feb 11 and she's like ready to have that kid any minute that little man's about to pop into this world, little man more. I can't wait because we've been- well, Is this her first baby? Ever. Yeah, it's her first. It's her first. So you're still very close to her, I know. Yeah, yeah. I keep I've, telling I've, you to try I've, to get her on the podcast but you're She's not, a... <laughs> you're not doing it. I'm trying to get her on. I love the show brothers and sisters. I will say she's a fine actress playing an elderly woman now with Alzheimer's. Oh, and this is not us. Brother, this is us. I said brothers yeah. and sisters. This it's the same us. bucket. Wow. It's the same Thank like you, emotional Brad. hour at night. Like I can watch one or the other you get. <laughs> okay. Isn't that cool that she fits that category now of TV show? I love that. Um, but you know, going back to Jessica, I do, I do think she was smart enough to see an opportunity to, you know, it, the show was never about newlyweds. The show was always about Jessica. It was never about- Nick always Nick. fell into the background, right? It, newlyweds was the device uh, and the mechanism of the story that we told. But if you really look back at it, it was a very serving husband who really bent and tried to make it work as many ways as he could. And, and it was her finally, finally coming into like, finally kind of accepting it and coming into her own. And like, I almost can relate to this now as a 43 year old where, where I'm starting to do my podcast and I'm starting to make my own content. So I'm starting to also feel supported suddenly more so than I ever thought, because now that I'm putting some of my own content out, especially podcasts, people relate to me um, in, in a different way because we're vested in a podcast project and to me, you know, you, you sort of hinted at this, but to me, podcasts are just like promise and opportunity. And it's, it's, it's the most malleable form of creative Play-Doh I've ever experienced in my life. And you, you can start monetizing it immediately. You can start growing your audience immediately. You can publish it immediately. Um, okay, so you're jumping ahead. So explain because <laughs> you're, you're so talking a lot ahead. about my life. So, so that's why I'm trying to change the topic. <laughs> I know, I know you are. Well, because I wanted to ask you about Ashley Simpson. Were you around when yeah. she jumped on MTV and lips was lip singing? Uh, well, so it was. You know, the the thing about uh, that was a um uh, an SNL uh, performance that you're talking about on Saturday yes. Night Live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. SNL. What did um, I say? Didn't I say SNL? Oh, oh, I said oh, MTV. I, I think then. I heard. Yeah, yeah. No worries. I might have um, said MTV. Okay, so, so it was an SNL you know, um, performance. The thing yes. about that situation, um, and I was there, and it was a scarring moment. Is, and this is where I can relate to Ashley a lot because Ashley was a VJ before she had her show. Like Ashley was a VJ for a while on MTV, and then we said, "Would you would you like a reality show?" You, we know her dad had the the deal worked out. So the deal, the show was worked out before the album. All she needed to do 
she actually, you know, Ashley Simpson has more number one hits than Jessica does. I have actually has she uh, Jess Jess has more 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 sales obviously, right. but but number one hits. Ashley has more. Ashley is a strong lyricist, a strong writer. So, what I can relate to with Ashley is not to say I don't want to. Oh, this is I I don't want to say she didn't trust her parents. She obviously didn't. Her mom and dad were her managers, and they were very. But there is also this rebellious side to her where, you know, uh, we have to touch the oven just to experience it being hot to understand what getting burned feels like. Unfortunately, we're just artists and that's that's just how I learn. And Mm. it has to be my version of my story. And unfortunately, with that situation, she didn't trust uh, the sound engineer and she let her guitarist who control the song and he was an 18 year old guitarist this is their first time on snl ever it was a huge adrenaline rush and he didn't clear the cash in his his um pedal to go to the next song and he started the wrong song and like that moment right there sucks but because she was lip singing let's be clear so the yeah so yes she was lip syncing the plan was to, to lip track sync. She was lip syncing to track, but track at a reduced volume. So like there's a lot of artists who sing to track where there's certain vocals that are supported, but they still sing live on top of it. Right. But, okay. But yeah, but the, the track okay. that they played was the wrong track and that's why it, right. it pl- I, but it was her inexperience in managing that and, and trusting the creatives around her and that, that, that moment was far too rushed to to truly to if it happened a month later or two months later i don't believe that would have happened because they would have had more that literally was the first time they ever performed that i know song. but Vinny, to the bigger point here i don't think anyone <laughs> really cared about um the fact that it was a wrong track and it was a mistake i think people were disappointed in the fact that she was lip singing that was the point anyway i don't want to spend that much is time that on really what we're talking about is that she people were mad that she lip sank that she was lip singing. Yeah. I mean, she's going on, um, she's going on Saturday night live because supposedly Why were they mad about that? Voice. Well, because I think most of the people that went on Saturday night live, or at least we believed were singing, they were singing, you know, live. That's, that's why it's called Saturday night live, but you know, whatever the case is, I mean, you know, I'm sure she's a very talented girl. More importantly, I so don't why does say- Ashley, why does Ashley get the brunt of this? Cause she got caught. It's always the one because, that gets caught. But I thought you said SNL doesn't do tracks. I don't know. I don't know what SNL does. So if they do, because right. obviously she was lip syncing, why is Ashley, why does not SNL get any blame here? I guess you're right. I, you know, in my, in my opinion, SNL doesn't get blame because an artist has really control of their art. And if they really yeah. want to show their vocals and, and they would say, you know, I'm going to sing it live. So that's in my opinion. Other people yeah. might turn around and say, you know, Saturday Night Live should get the blame here. They shouldn't allow artists. But as an artist, if you're putting something yeah. out there, you know, you want to make sure that you're kind of being as honest as you can. So that's just in my opinion. I mean, who am I? I was never a huge um, fan of that. No, kind of musical, I mean, they're very talented. I was more interested in her father. Am I correct that it was her father who came out of the closet later and was dating a young, good looking boy? Wasn't that their father? Oh, I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think it was. It was uh, Jessica Simpson's father. Google know, it right I'm, now. I'm interested in podcasts. Okay, yes. Yeah, so okay, so family. good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're reining me back. And <laughs> oh, well, no. once you start talking about it, all the memories start flooding back. Okay, so let's get. Well, you know, podcast. he's also like a Texas minister. So there's, you know, there's Joe. Uh, by the way, Joan, the Jonas Brothers' dads and ministers. Very interesting about boy boy bands and their their father ministers. There's there's something there. There that one. That's like a lifetime. If anyone's listening from Lifetime, let's make that like a. 
the the background of of why churches and and singing groups and um, yes hearing singing and well it's every week there's something going on right so there's a lot of practicing going on i mean community building her church and and you know just uh, hudson sang in her church and you know i mean so many people did but um but in any case so i want to talk about podcasts because i don't know how it became so popular so many celebrities now have podcasts. Deborah Messing, Sean Hayes has one with Jason Bateman and Will Arnett, Dak Shepard, which is a very popular one. I mean, the list goes on. Gwyneth Paltrow with Goop, Demi Moore has one. What's the appeal to podcasts? How did they become, first, what is the appeal? First, what the hell is a podcast? <laughs> sure. So the, the simple answer to a podcast is it's a audio file that is hosted on the internet that you want to subscribe to that you want to listen to so you subscribe to it via an rss feed which pulls the file into your phone okay the reason why podcasts are a thing is because iphones and androids are a thing so we now have a device in our hand that has an app that says podcasts and, and the way podcasts move across the internet are based on downloads on most platforms or streaming, but that's where most even then will have like a, a cache on your browser where you you won't it won't get interrupted. But the idea of downloading an audio file to your phone for people who are driving in the country and lose cell phone signals and Wi-Fi signals, for people who are in New York who go underground where there's no, for people who used to travel, you know five, 10 years ago when there was no Wi-Fi up in the air. So podcasts were a great low impact file that can go with you anywhere uninterrupted and you can continue listening to it. It also hits the the audio memory, which doesn't take up your space, your eye space or your hand space. So you feel like you can do two things at once. So, okay, so what's interesting is that I noticed that I can understand why people like, you know, me or you or people that don't really have a television show or, or not, you know, movie stars. I guess my question is, why are movie stars moving into the podcast? Because it's very hard to um, make money from a podcast or to monetize it. I mean, I know there's a way to monetize and there's a way to make money, but why are actual um, TV stars and movie stars moving in to that podcast realm? Yeah. Well, look, the only reason, so to be, to be blunt and honest, money. So everyone's making money. You're either making money from your podcast or you're making an earning media reach from your podcast that then translates into an opportunity to monetize on it. So whatever reason you're here, ultimately it's money. So either having a podcast is going to get me more presence having more presence is going to get more clients talking about me. Having more clients talking about me is going to make more people want to hire me. Am I making money from my podcast? No, I'm making money from my service, but I'm using the podcast to generate interest in my services. Or like what we do, is there an opportunity to create content where you can create micro pieces of content and license that out to platforms and play the content game where you actually do make money, like the goops of the world where there is intent in the content, there's a schedule, it's a magazine format, meaning it sticks to the buckets, it's repetitive, it's episodic, it's cyclical. You know it's coming, you can depend on it, you can advertise against it because you have people wanting it before it's even out. So like that's the other model of content when we talk about making money from podcasts. So the reason why people have podcasts is other than TV shows that go episode to episode, films are just one-offs. 
most most TV shows, I don't want to say are one-offs, but are like single projects, we can say. And those single projects, you're lucky if it runs a couple of seasons. Right. So I know so that- what do they have that's passive that they can bring with them on all of those, every appearance they do for all of those one-off projects, they now talk about their podcast because that's that's their personal leave behind. So in the lower third on the crawl, when you're watching, you know, Kelly and Ryan and it says, you know, Rich or Ronnie, it used to say, you know, you know, you're from the from you know expert, blah, 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 where you work. Now it will say podcast rich in life. People can go and extend the experience with you. It, it, there's more value to it. So I know anyone can start a podcast, but how difficult is it to have a successful podcast? It's not as easy as it looks. I know that, you know, so many people have podcasts and um, they try to create a show from their home. I know it is an, a cheaper, easier way to get your message across or to entertain people. Am I correct? Yes, it's cheaper for sure than video. Yeah, you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. And now anyone can um, do a podcast, but in order to have a successful podcast. Sure. So I guess I would say what makes a successful podcast is its audience. So like where you started off correctly was you have had years of people working with you and for you and have had tons of clients and already had an existing email list, an audience that existed already that we were able to tap into to make the announcement. Um, celebrities might have social media presences and that's where they might, but oftentimes celebrities will start a podcast solely just so they can start creating a newsletter, like a mail, it's mostly like a mail, usually it's a MailChimp conversation. It's I have all these people, all these followers, but I don't have contact information for any of them. I can only access them through Instagram and Facebook and I don't, I don't want to pay to play and I'm not, I, I want to launch up my own brand and I can't launch that if I don't own, you know, contact information. So, so po- podcasting has been a great way to extend, you know, so that. it's a way for them to control their, to, to gain control over the audience that maybe TV studios or other, other executives had previously had control over their audience. And so it's for a way for them to garner and understand their audience themselves and be able to communicate their message directly. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. In ter- yeah, absolutely. In terms of audience growth. Yeah. But I think a lot of reasons why celebrities are turning to podcasting is because in America, when you create intellectual property and you publish it, i.e. you have a podcast and that is up and existing. If you were to sell a TV show to a network based on that idea, the network no longer owns that idea. You own the and idea. That's, oh, and that's gigantic. That's, cool. that's that's like why you hear sort of like, you know, Big Brother and other like big international formats that come from Sweden or the Netherlands or where literally uh, the business model was, let's make as many things as possible. Let's as, as many good ideas as possible and bad ones as possible. And then the ones that work, if they work, we can hit every single country and we franchise this out. And, you know, that's- Okay, so what you just said is exactly what you told me to start a podcast. When I yeah. called you, I called for your experience in, um, casting. in casting because I wanted to, I was pitching a show to you and you, that's exactly what you told me. You said, you're not going to have any control over any content, start a podcast. And I didn't know much about audio and downloading podcasts. So it really didn't appeal to me immediately, but as time went on, it, it caught on with me. And now I listen to other people's podcasts. Do you and, have any, people what do you who listen, listen- the people who listen to your podcast also start talking, you know, they start talking about it and they start sharing it with other people. And 
uh, I like the I like how podcast listeners are very gracious in sharing what podcast they listen to. Um, th- there's almost like, hey, I discovered this podcast. I want to share it with you, sort of uh, vibe to it. So those are those are high impact conversations. And again, because everyone has an iPhone or an Android, and it's either Google Play or Apple Store, and obviously Spotify and iHeart and there's other platforms to pull from, but those are apps that are natively baked into those people's phones. So, um, you know, it's, it's so hard there. to find one that a person would click with because there are so many podcasts. Like I love so many of them for different reasons and different moods. Yeah. Am I right about that, Brad? Like yeah. I listened to fashion uh, rewind. I was on his podcast. He was on mine and Melissa, same thing. Melissa rivers, they all have great podcasts, group but it depends chat. the group mm-hmm. chat, but it depends on what your mood is. And the the guests that they might have, you know, everything varies. But I guess yeah. it's kind of like music, right? You listen to different music. Sometimes you'll listen to music while you're cooking, or sometimes you'll listen to music while you're while you're exercising, or sometimes you'll listen to music in the background. One of the things that you always told us, Vinny, that it resonated with me was we don't need to worry about where someone's listening to it because people will listen to it depending upon where it's convenient for them. So if we're giving content that needs to be that doesn't need to be watched then they can listen to it in the car while they're traveling. They can listen to it while they're, you know, picking up their kids. They can listen to it wherever they are. And they still have the benefit of, of not necessarily having to get every single word into their memory bank, but it's a background noise. It's a background conversation. And then if something resonates with them, then they'll say, oh, that's very cool. And maybe look something up or maybe check something else out or, or, or listen to a podcast about, one of Rich's guests that's different from somebody they might normally listen to. What's interesting is I, when I listen to podcasts, like there are a few that I like. I mean, we discussed this before. I like Ronan Farrow's. You know, it was a good way to, it was, you know, but I said it was a very produced podcast and I, I did yeah. like it very much. But I also like informal podcasts. I don't like really structured, formal podcasts. I like conversational type podcasts, almost like you're overhearing a conversation and what's going on. I like so a little conversational. bit of, yeah, yes, exactly. Conversational. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. I will say Brad was so supportive. He turned yeah. our house in New Jersey, or at least, you know, one room into a complete studio in order to film, you know, and, and to film, cause we don't just do audio. We do audio and video and he does a lot of work. A multi-cam, produces- multi-cam video, by the way. It's a multi-cam <laughs> and he co-produces and he creative, he's creative director of all the assets. And not just, you know, the ass- byline. <laughs> right. And Brad also prefers to be behind the scenes. He doesn't really want to be, you know, in the forefront. He's usually like, you know, he usually waves his hand kind of like Richie take over, you know, even when we're out at parties or meeting people, it's like, I can always tell when he's kind of had enough and wants me to take over. Like help someone <laughs> needs me to talk. Okay. Rich, come in, make some, make some fun statement and make me, uh, let me bow out to go to the kitchen and grab something during a party or something. <laughs> so Vinny, being such an expert, how does somebody that are, that's looking for podcasts find one? Do you just look- You mean how to choose one? How to choose one, yeah. How would somebody choose a podcast? So Apple Podcasts has categories. So you can shop by categories. The categories will show you the top 200 podcasts in each of those categories. That's why when you hear people saying, oh, I have a top 200 or a top 100 or a top five, they show up in different, they show up in different thumbnail sizes on, on Apple. So uh, Spotify, there, you, you now can start making playlists and there are podcast playlists now. 
Twitter is a Reddit as actually Reddit is a fantastic place to dive into podcasts, ironically, because of the search features in the in the rooms. But Reddit and the podcast community. What is Reddit? To, I don't even know what that is. Hand We're in on. hand. We're on Reddit. Yeah. What is You're it? Is it it's a platform? <laughs> See, I don't yeah, even know. It's a, it's a platform where we just have open conversations with people we don't know, but there's like rules and stipulations about what types of of support we can add to those conversations of videos or photos. And it's just a very interesting way to have a conversation because you can put hyperlinks in there and, and, and you can be evidential in your opinion, meaning like fact-based opinions that refer people back to podcasts. Um, right. Reddit really drives people. Um, so can there. I ask Vinny yeah, a question? Sure. So Vinny, um, we've yes. been talking about things that are you know, produced and non-produced and in the background and in the, the garage and everything. In your experience, because we have people who are listening who maybe like, I have an idea. I want to do a DIY podcast or I want to do do something. You know, that cool. is so cool. A dry uh, DUI. What do you learn from the DUI? No, not DUI. <laughs> DIY. Oh, D what is DIY? Do it yourself. Don't worry. It has. Oh, you see now I'm bored. Yeah, none of those words are. I don't want to do anything myself. See, that's the thing. I don't want to do anything. I don't even want to do my podcast myself. Guys, what do I always tell you? I'm the talent. Whenever I don't know anything, it's like I don't want to know it. I always say I'm the talent. Right. It's DIY. Right, exactly. I don't want to do anything. DUI. DUI, DIY. If you've seen him drinking on the podcast, right? But he doesn't drink and drive. Just disclaimer. No, I doubt. But no, so I just wanted to say, do you have any, like, do you listen to production value because you're in it? Or do you also like raw podcasts that really are kind of all over the place? Not like, is there any raw podcast that you think is is like interesting? Or do you think that they should be more produced so that they have, you know, sustaining power. Yeah, I I listen to audiobooks usually um, with like 1.5 to 2x speed. So I tend to speed up the voice a little bit when I'm listening to my audiobooks. Podcasts, I tend to like podcasts that have snippets of conversations that are at the core of what they're talking about and then surrounded by context. So I like when someone else has a conversation that's like takes them a couple of hours to have and then they come back and they and then they make a podcast specifically based on a couple of facts that they wanted to pull out out like I think Jay Shetty's on purpose does a good job at that. Um, I think Lewis Howes does a great job. His podcast is the school of greatness. And I like Lewis house. I actually I love him. his, I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm eavesdropping as much as I feel like I'm actually kind of in school being lectured at or talked to, you know, but his so. is also video. It's not just audio. And Lewis he has, has video as well. He has video. Yeah. You know, Dave Rubin was also on Lewis house. He was on his show right before I think he came on my show, maybe a month before. I'm excited. And then for people listening to this podcast, has the Dave Rubin episode aired yet or is that before? No. Or is that coming up? I think Dave, the Dave Rubin episode is coming up, but it might be out by the time this gets aired. So okay. it will have been out already. I'm excited for people to listen to that. You also work with Megan <laughs> Kelly, which is interesting. I listen. I know. I know you are, which we're going to get to. How frustrating is it? You're going to talk about me? Megan Kelly. I'm going to keep talking about Dave Rubin. <laughs> yeah, no, but no, you work with it because I listened to Megan Kelly. So, I mean, I, I really didn't actually. I, I pitched her. I saw that she was only on YouTube and she was only, she was really focused on one channel and was brought in to sort of help get her off of YouTube and to create her own platform and podcast. And ultimately, um, she completely took the strategy and, and, 
and is living it for sure. But um, unfortunately, I wasn't the person who got to execute it. But but you um, gave but her luckily, the idea. I gave her the idea. Yeah. So that's nice. <laughs> where are your royalties? I'm gonna DM her. I'm gonna ask her. Where, where are my are loyalties? Right. Exactly. Loyalties. Right. Like, Literally and figuratively. <laughs> so um, I never uh, watched her before. I was never really such a huge uh, Megan. Uh, fan, but I will say her podcast, I enjoy very much if you want to get away from actual news and just kind of get facts. And she's very middle of the road. She's very gracious. So I happen to like her podcast as well. But I have a question for both you and Brad. How frustrating is it Frustrating is it for you guys to produce and work with me? So Vinny, let's start with you. <laughs> it's not frustrating at all. What oh, are you come talking on. About? You didn't give me the answers to this question, right? You're throwing me off. <laughs> it's not frustrating. Um, uh, I have to work on a frustration that I have in myself when I see something in my head and have a hard time articulating it, or it's an energy, or it's it's not it's not a hard note; it's a soft note, and soft notes suck because it's like, what are you? What am I really trying to say? So I really, I try to be sort of goal oriented. Um, I think you're a pleasure to work with. And I think that the more we, we work together, the more comfortable you get in the position that you're at. So people can keep coming back and finding you. And I, I don't I think we're 20 something episodes now into 24. Yeah. Right. 27. 27. 20... So, um, you know, I know we've, and it's we if you go back and even by the way there are glimpses of genius especially in your first episode which you know is one of my favorite episodes with, with beverly uh, Feldman. With beverly yes that was like a great you know that was i don't know if that uh, oh i was gonna say i don't know if that's beginner's luck or just you knew that she's the right first guest because it was a great candid conversation and that candidness when we start getting feedback we start hearing applause or lack of applause, likes or lack of uh, downloads or subscribes. Like when we start using those metrics to figure out, you know, what we're doing right or wrong, it's tough. But as long as we stay true to the purpose and also just keep getting better at it, that's where I I think that I, I get most inspired, but also frustrated because like you can taste it, man. Right. You can do. And, and with podcasts, you're one click away from an literally overnight sensation. You're one blog away from being in 2 million downloads. You're one click away. You know, if, if you are honest and, and these podcasts aren't just like deliverable pieces of assets, but they're discoverable pieces of content that will bring people to you because it's each one is so good. And, and so far they are. Yeah, I think um, being honest is very important. I think that's one of the most important things is I don't like sharing. And I've said this before, but I'm learning to try to be a little bit more comfortable. Um, the podcast I did with Elizabeth Sutton was very difficult for me being a guest on hers because she was asking me very, you know, personal questions. And that was difficult for me. But I was as honest, you know, I, I'm learning to be comfortable with being honest and talking about things I don't like sharing. Brad, and, and how to, to divert and how to divert the topic if you don't. Yes, Brad, on to you. Brad, Brad. I want to know. So and how now much of a pleasure is it for you to be working with me? Well, I don't know whether it was being locked up for COVID or doing a <laughs> podcast, but I have to say going from going from having um, only a conversation with you or six-year-olds at any one point in time was initially challenging. I, there was a lot more creative that I thought that I wanted to do than, than, you know, working for a client and working for clients where they're paying you per hour. And when you're understanding what their goal is, and then trying to 
change that to something that's your own brand or a brand that you're you're responsible for with another voice is is different. You know, you and I have been together over 20 years and we have our own lane, right? So managing that with the creative and with the family life is different. So it, it's actually, it's a pleasure now, but I think that initially I thought that I wanted to be able to have more control over it. And I know down the road I will, but at the moment, I think that it's really about making sure that we keep to the lane of things that we do well and not doing too many experimental things that might confuse the, the public. Okay, great. So it's perfect. He loves everything about it. I got it. <laughs> Richard Rodney. Just the way I like it. I got the answer. <laughs> I got the answer I wanted, which he loves it. That's all I heard. So everything's great, right? Perfect. Check. Perfect. perfect <laughs> exactly. Check. So now I've learned more, right? Me and you, Brad, have learned more about Vinny than in the last year, less than a year, than we've learned about him in the 15 years we've been friends. You come from like, you seem like the, I always tell you, and I know whoever's listened to me consistently, I repeat the same thing. You remind me of a real uh, Yale, a real college elite, you know, football player. And you're actually the opposite of that. Am I yes. correct? You come from yeah. a big, huge six, six kids in the family, dysfunctional, which, you know, yep. all families are dysfunctional, but yep. we've shared yours is dysfunctional like mine, but and you're the oldest of, of everybody. I am. And you take I care am. of Yeah, I'm like a, I'm a, I'm the oldest of six cheerleader from Staten Island. Yeah, I'm not, the, I'm not, not the Yale football player at all. I know, but it's so funny in my mind. I'm six, three years, though. My, I don't sound it, but when people meet me, they're like, Ooh, I didn't realize you were going to be like uh Gavon, like six, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're very tall. You have a very young, still collegiate look about you. Well, thank you very much. I miss the old days of just going out. We used I to do. go out. We never got so involved in, you know, family and issues. We just, just used to go out and drink and have fun. I wanted to hear some crazy casting stories. I had that as one of my questions. You, you cast in so many TV shows and so many things. And I remember once you called me in for, for a design show that you were doing. Um, and, and then once I did, your, I did some renovations for your offices. And I was just sort of a fly on the wall when I was building some of that furniture. And I just remember what it was like casting. So I wanted you to share, do you have any crazy casting stories that you can remember that the audience might find funny? Well, first I want to know what happened when you tried to cast Brad. <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I, I wanna know. It didn't, obviously it didn't, it didn't work out the way we wanted it to. Otherwise, you know, we'd all be working on his podcast, right? <laughs> right. I wish <laughs> instead of me having to do all the sharing. I wonder, I wonder that project. I wonder if that was the project called built. I think it was, um, which was an, yeah, it was, uh, it was a Bravo show, and it was about these models that had this awesome interior design yeah. company, and or or maybe it was the Secret Guide to Fabulous. It was the Secret it, Guide, yes. Oh, it was, was it that? Yeah, guide. that was an. Yeah. I got to work with Kelly Ripa on that. That was cool. Like we did. That was like a couple of seasons we did on, on Logo. How was it working you know, with Kelly? I'm curious because she's so worn cool. my shoes. Yeah, is it? She's, she's a little they bit distant. Me... Professional, but distant. Um, well, I Maybe mean, for good reason. I'm not, flo I'm not I saying it's... I don't know. I don't know her anyway other than... Uh, like I watched the show, obviously, but I'd never had an experience with her other than like her kind of being my boss. So... Uh, she let me do my job. She was very clear that like I was the expert in casting and I should lead those conversations. And she's just there to react to like what I, what I'm saying. And I loved that 
she gave me the space to be able to bring in the talent, you know, that we did. And ultimately it's a chemistry test. So it's not what, no one single person, you know, but the whole chemistry of the ensemble, that was an ensemble show. Um, but that I love working on, on shows where I can cast real people in their expertise because I've met every event planner, every builder, every designer, every fashion. <laughs> What's that? Every matchmaker, every, every matchmaker, every Yeah, but chef. I want to go back to Brad's question, which was crazy casting can, stories. Yeah. I want give us some crazy casting stories and any celebrity stories if you can. Okay, let me set it up first in the beginning. Cause I, I wanted what I was thinking in my head when I conceived this question. And like you said before, yes. sometimes our, it the articulation of the question is where the where it's lacking, right? When people come in, you know, with their backpacks and everything and they're before they're actually in front of the camera, what what, what transitions do you see in people when they show up for the audition before they get in front of the camera? Is it like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde? Are they like, like, so like, can you tell when someone walks through the door, like, oh, I want to see that person? Or is it like transformation? Yeah, I think that, so to, I, I don't want to make anyone get in their head with this answer that I'm about to give, but I can tell you just from my own personal experience, that if um, we're ready to start the audition and the tape is rolling and you ask for like, you sort of need to get into a space to be able to be on camera, like that to me, that's an indication of an authenticity that you couldn't, you couldn't be authentically yourself. I want the same version off camera that you are on camera. And I'm aware that as a casting director, when you meet me, you, you know that the second you meet me, it all counts. So I know that I'm always getting best facing version of everything. Uh, so the first casting, I'm not, not the first casting director, but I'm the first person to always ask a casting associate or coordinator, whoever's checking people in, who's a nice, who's being nice, who's considerate, who's everyone laughing with like that. I play, I play into that sort of energy because I'm, I'm generally speaking, not casting someone for one episode. Generally speaking, I'm casting them for the entire series or season. So this person has to be, I, it, I'm, I'm hiring more than a host. I'm hiring a, a coworker, a colleague, uh, a team leader, and who's also going to host, you know, on camera oftentimes. So um, I think that- so Consistency, like what you said I, with Rich, one of the things you think his strong points is, is that he is who he is on on video as he is off video. Oh yeah. Like right. if we say, okay, thank you. That's a wrap. He'll still talk the same exact way. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame. I mean, don't you want to sometimes want to punch me in the face? I want should, to punch me in the face sometimes. We should just start. The, we should just start every episode with, all right, well, thank you for listening. Goodbye. All right, now, now let's talk about that. <laughs> Vinny, you're one guy who knows how to get me to talk. You're very good at your job. So I'm going to say if you, um, if you remember the name, I have a podcast. Please look for it. That's Vinny Potestivo's podcast. And um, he's pretty good at what he does. I got to tell you. And Brad Carney, very good at what he does. He takes very good care of not just the, of the kids. Talent. And the, he takes good care of the talent and does great design for me. So thank well, you both. You assembled an amazing team. And I'm so appreciative that I get a seat at it. So thank you for letting me hop on for the journey. My pleasure. Thank you for working with me. Thanks, Rich and Mike. <laughs> okay. All right. Now the sarcasm is hitting in. All right, guys. I'll talk to you in 10 minutes. See ya. <laughs> Bye. You've been listening to Rich in Life with Rich Arani. If you like what you heard, click subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. Or visit us at richinlife.com. 
That's R-I-T-C-H in life.com.